Hmm, you're probably wondering how you got here. It's the Woodworking Morning Show. I like turtles. <laughs> what? I like turtles. What's happening? Oh, that kid. Oh, yeah. that kid. You don't remember that? So, That's old. I, uh, that kid's like 40 years old now. Mark Crowley in the chat says, I'm late, but still early. Us too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Us too. Yep, we are early. Well, what happened we're is... Late, we're late, but early. <laughs> we're looking at the clock going... No, you look at the clock. I have no problem starting at 9.30. Listen, I like to refer to myself as a plural. I like uh-huh. there to be more than one person. Yeah, you got a I'm mouse like, in your pocket. No, I'm like the, the big tortoise in... Um, uh, oh, what's it called? Never-ending never story. story. We refer to ourselves as we. Uh, so good morning, everybody. It is the Woodworking Morning Show. I'm Mark. And I'm Nicole. And it's Tuesday. So yeah. it's our, our bonus show. Tuesday. And good news, everyone. I have a zit. I know. <laughs> That's the funny thing. Like, you get to us. I know acne kind of just happens to, to mm-hmm. people uh, ongoing for a lot of people. But I've been eyeing it for a few days, and I'm like, I wonder if he's going to do something about that. I could. I probably should have just let my beard grow over it, and it wouldn't have been as, as big of a problem. Uh, but, you know, sometimes when you get older, just once in a while, maybe it's stress, right? Stress, You get yeah. one little zit that just goes bloop, and you go, okay, I feel like I'm 16 again. So... Uh, that's what that is. Yeah. So. And if you're new to the show, uh, we're going to talk about woodworking. Don't worry. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about wood. It's not just about skincare. Yes. We'll get to woodworking. Relax. Okay? Relax. We're, it's, it's you know, we're doing a back and forth here with Which you. Which is, you know, it's a little bit of, a little bit of jabber-jawing, a little back and forth, Nicole. That's what we do. I want to um, make sure we thank some people who helped us right out there. on Patreon. I don't know what you're doing with your phone. I'm, t- I'm trying to discreetly turn off our cameras in the house ah, to conserve ah, bandwidth, ah, ah. and you're asking me these questions, bringing attention to it. <laughs> Cameras off. Bonus show. Okay, so we want to thank some folks who helped us out on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash woodwhisperer. Uh, Joshua Beckham, James Lemon, Aaron Jensen, John Hartman, and Ralph Fortman. Thank you so much. We thank really appreciate you. the support. Seriously. Yeah, so we have, um, we've got questions pre-selected. These are from folks who helped us on Patreon. So if you get into the whole Patreon thing. Well, the cool thing about the bonus show, I just make it public and whoever wants to ask a Whatever, question. Whatever, you know. And we've got know? a lot of questions and a lot of finishing questions and, today. And uh, if, if we get to all of them, great. If not, you know, mm-hmm. we'll answer, you can ask it again. It's all good. We'll have another show on Friday. Yep. Uh, and any other questions we get, we'll get directly from the chat room. So there's that. Todd, you are just flattering me. I'm not slim at all. <laughs> Nobody talks about me looking slim, Nicole. Yeah, you look muscular. Mm, yeah. I want to see you Thanks. do the Terry Crew Cruz oh. uh, booby <laughs> shake. <laughs> I don't think I'm there yet. <clears throat> Need a little bit more time on that. My boobies are sore though. Mm-hmm. Thank you for asking. And okay. I, and if you talk too much, you're just gonna start playing. I'm Animal gonna start Crossing. playing with Animal Crossing. If you hear, uh, <laughs> it's over. Nicole's trading some cherries. Like, I gotta, I gotta see if the turnip guy's there. Yeah, so <clears throat> lots of finishing questions today. Uh, I'll be curious if the questions you get go in that direction as well. Oh, yeah, I'll be grabbing them from the chat as usual. You know, I hope everybody's doing okay. I do too. It's been uh, it's been a really interesting time, hasn't it? I was up till 1 a.m. last night. <sighs> yeah, I, I noticed that. I went to bed and I'm like, it's after midnight. I know. Star Wars or Star Trek time is over. I have, I have a large... Uh, list of of requests mm-hmm. for masks now, mm-hmm. so that's what I was doing last night. I didn't come close to my goal, but it is what it what? is. Daniel says, "Man, look how slim and flimsy Marcus looking. <laughs> like I've been called a lot of things in my time, skinny. Flimsy. Oh, 
Yeah. I've been called thin. I thin. I've been called you look sick. You know, yeah. there's that. Uh, I've never been called flimsy. Can, can I? <laughs> Can I tell you something funny that your mom texted me? Oh boy, no. Uh, she she wrote me this morning, and his mom does this voice to text thing, and so she's asking me the she pattern. She does it like this. Hey Nicole, is uh, can you make me more math? Like that. No, she was asking me for the link to the pattern that I use for my mask, and she says that she, uh, she has a niece here is making them, but she ran out of. Uh, <laughs> last, last. Oh, she ran last. out of last dick, and I want to show her the strap method. Even just that sentence alone. She ran out of last dick, and I want to show her the strap method. Well, look, mom, what you do in your own time is your business. I saw that. I was like, I know, I know. What she's, We're not here to judge. I know what she's saying. She's saying la- elastic. Elastic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mom. What are we gonna do with? That Look, made me laugh. Sometimes, you know, you get bored. Yeah. You got you gotta gotta entertain yourself. Okay. Uh, Let's do some questions, yeah. shall we? <laughs> it's rare I can make you laugh. My mom's probably watching. <laughs> and she's probably really embarrassed right now. Yeah. Uh, Corey wrote in. He says, Do you have any experience with compressor driven air spray guns versus the airless Fuji system that you use? Okay, so quick correction there, Corey. I have an airless, um, it's not an airless, it's the you Fuji have, HVLP turbine. It's the five? I have the Q5. Q5. Yeah. And, uh, Fuji so Stray. We haven't talked about Fuji Stray. We Stray haven't, well, on. because I keep, I'm actually, not because of them, but because I'm moving more and more away from HVLP gotcha. into hand-applied finishes almost exclusively. I just don't spray as much. Um, but Fuji is uh, HVLP. It is not airless. Uh, airless is the kind of stuff you find with like the paint companies, right? Like a Wagner. <laughs> yeah. uh, those companies will sell airless sprayers that are just uh, force pushing paint out of the nozzle. Uh, HVLP is atomizing the finish. It's a, a different process. So um, to answer your question though, the compressor driven guns are conversion guns. That means they're taking that high pressure from a compressor and making it a high volume, low pressure situation. That's all done within the gun. So Fuji did come out with one of those and I got rid of my big compressor and just never used it. We actually gave it away, uh, but it looked like a great gun. So no, I don't have a ton of experience with those, but if you have a good quality compressor with good capacity, it's something to look into. It's much cheaper than going for like a whole turbine setup. George in the chat says, I realize I shouldn't lift weights while listening. I almost dropped the straight bar right on my face laughing at you. If you do, take a picture so we can show it next week. Are you trapped? Maybe it's like just on your jaw, balanced so you don't hit your throat. Belly laughs. Good times. Belly laughs. All right, David Wiggins has a question. He said, starting to use Rubio Pre-Color, and I'm liking the results so far. Since I'm using it on white oak, do you think I need to keep sanding at 120, or will I lose the ability to color the wood at 150 or 180? No problems with the color there, David. Rubio will color and be applied to the wood. The reason we go lower than 180, let's say, is because they tell us to. And I think that's because in the flooring industry, you're not talking about fine furniture there. Usually they are going to lower grits. And the way that they sand, you know, a real professional floor finisher sands in such a consistent way um, that we're just not going to see the things that we would necessarily see on fine furniture where we're scrutinizing it up close. So 
for me, my recent video on Rubio kind of goes through this detail uh, where I only, I basically sand to 180. They say no further than 150. I can't stop at 150 with my furniture. Uh, so their colored formulations are no different than the clear. You could still go to 180. There are people who go way higher than that and still use Rubio. So you should have no problem getting the color to penetrate uh, even if you go to a higher grit. How high you go, though, is, is up to you. Uh, speaking of Rubio, D in the chat room says, Mark, can you talk more about the product product of the type of wood you would use it on? Uh, and is it for special projects or good for everyday use? Thanks, Ken. Uh, well, I can't. I don't want to talk about Rubio anymore until they start paying me money. <laughs> uh, frankly, we're, we're giving, on. We're we're so giving them so much free advertising. Right now, the video that I finished on, and I don't have a follow-up to, (laughs) just because of the uh, the whole situation, I don't have a new video coming, and I went to the webpage. With the new webpage, the latest video is like, like, it's the whole webpage. (laughs) And I'm like, look at this free advertising. And it's stuck up there until I put a new video. I'm just going to put up a video that's just like me going, hey. What's up? And that's it. (laughs) Just to to push it down. Um, So he's asking about what woods and projects. What, What product? Here's the thing. Uh, about the product, type of wood. Depending on how much furniture you build might kind of determine the size of the container you buy and then how much you need to get rid of. So sometimes people realize that Rubio goes a lot further than they thought. So you end up with a lot left over. And if you're not producing a lot of product, you know, then you have to actually uh, use it up before it goes bad. Um, I found that I, you know, Bloxygen definitely helps out with that. Excuse me. But if you have a liter of this stuff sitting there, and it's just going to go bad if you don't use it, you'll start using it on everything. So if, if I think the problem is it's so expensive. Oh, man, the burps. You got the burpees. I just I drank a lot of water and, uh, and coffee. And gotcha. I saw a snake, the, and it, the it's liquids. got my insides churning. Um, Why? You used to have them as pets. I'm just pets. kidding. It was a little garter snake. Oh, yeah. I named him Bob. Oh, okay. Not still. I, 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 na- I renamed him Slithermona. <laughs> he had a little, a little afro. <laughs> a little snake with a little afro. You slither moment. Uh, um, what the hell's wrong? I don't know. It's, it's Tuesday. Um, so yeah, I, I think if you, when you first buy it, you consider it like a precious material, and you don't want to use it on everything. But the more I buy it, the more I have it on hand at all times. If I've got some little thing, like I just made myself a little mallet, sure, let's put some Rubio on that. It doesn't take much. So I use it on anything and everything. I find that a hard wax oil finish like Rubio, like Osmo, these finishes are most successful on woods that are already durable. So if you are expecting a finish to bring tons of durability to it, well, it's not really going to do that. But if you have walnut, cherry, uh, oak, you know, white oak, red oak, any, any of those harder, denser species, the wood is doing the lion's share of the durability and bringing the durability to the mix in the first place, that the finish can be a little bit more of a lighter duty finish. And that's where the hard wax oils really shine. If you're doing like, I don't know, an alder project, although I did put it on alder before. Uh, if you're doing a pine project, something that's softer, those necessarily aren't going to be that protective of a wood or durable of a wood in the first place. So the finish is not adding a whole lot to it. Okay. Oh, David Wiggins did have a comment here that uh, was attached to the end of his question. He says, you don't have to mention this, but I'm going to. But if anyone needs or knows anyone who needs PPE, that's a protective equipment, Mm -hmm. in bulk or industrial quantities, please have them reach out to me at david at samaeyewear.net. That's S-A-M-A eyewear.net. 
There is no order too big to fill. However, reaching the necessary people in charge is very difficult mm -hmm. due to how slammed every department is. So we've been getting getting through slowly via word of mouth. Just want to do what we can. Oh, David, thank you. So yeah, uh, if anyone knows someone, pass, I, pass I have, along that email. I have a few that have reached out to me directly, and I will I'll touch base with them and matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. Yep. And if you can. Look up Sama. Get their website, Sama Eyewear. Sama. I've been promising David that I would mention the brand because David was the one who hooked me up with these glasses. That's bras. Those are bras. <laughs> That's not the right Sama. <laughs> Those are over-the-shoulder boulder holders, Nicole. It's S-A-M-A. S-A-M-A. Yeah, that was Soma. Soma. <laughs> which also happens to be a prescription drug. Yeah, I, uh, That's a, not the right thing either. Nope. Just Google Sama Eyewear and you'll find it. I wear. See, Nicole's I'm, I'm going through the hard part. Today. I'm going through the hard part. Go. So anyway, I've been promising I, I would I would tell people about this. I did mention these glasses Ooh. before, um, but I just I have to give a shout out because I I don't really care that much about glasses, right? Mm -hmm. I got glasses. You know how long it took me to pick them up at Costco to pick my frames? Yeah, you go that one. Took about thirty seconds. I go, but 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 that looks fine. Let's <laughs> how get you, those. How you pick out clothes? Too. It's how I do everything. It's how I pick Good my enough. tattoos. I was like, I'll take that one. <laughs> Uh, so this particular set came in because David saw that I bought a new pair and he was like, I think we could do better than that. And I mm -hmm. guess he, he's associated with uh, Sama eyewear and uh, he's like, we could do better than that. So they sent me these glasses. They're so expensive. Yeah. But I have never had so many compliments yeah. on my glasses. And I'm like, this is ridiculous because I didn't think it made that much of a difference, mm -hmm. like the shape of the frames. But it makes a huge difference, and I've just—it's been weird getting compliments about my um, like, oh, my glasses. <laughs> so I got to give them a shout out. Sama Eyewear—it's—it's uh, it's not the cheapest stuff, but um, if you, I guess you really want top quality glasses mm -hmm. and sunglasses, they got it. And that was not an ad, but I did get these for free, and uh, I did stay at. A Aaron wants to know what pocket night. knife you have on you today. Oh, this is a—I uh, don't remember exactly which one it is, but it's Kershaw. Let me see. There's another one you get free advertising it's one, too. I know. It's one of the Ken Onion designs. <laughs> you know, we're going to talk about this with a question coming up here in a second. So uh, let's see. Where am I? Stuart Johnson says, <laughs> Nicole, when you go to a school or other type of social function, how do you respond to what line of work does your husband do or, or something in that vein? Are you ever tempted to say he doesn't work, he just plays in his shop? <laughs> no, I never say that. Does anyone even ask? Um, No. No. I mean, most people just kind of mind their business, right? Yeah. Or uh, I think They usually the, ask me what I do, and I'm like, mm, I do stuff on the internet. I, make, I sew masks. <laughs> no, I don't. That's the crazy thing. That's like super side. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had somebody like try to get an order, and they were saying, well, I want this. I'm like, eh, 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 eh. <laughs> I'm not taking custom requests. Yeah. You get what's in my in my storage. You get what you get, and you like it. You get whatever you get pattern what you, you get, get, and you don't throw a fit. Yeah. <laughs> so no one asks about that. I guess no, uh, everybody no. just kind of. I mean. Well, a lot of them know. Some of them. Just over time, you just kind of hear yeah. these things. You go, those are the weird I, people who make a living online. I, I became friends with um, one of the teachers at Mateo's school, and I accidentally <laughs> sent her. Because we texted a lot, and I accidentally sent her the live show, oh, and I didn't realize I did. And she she wrote back. She was like, "Oh my god, you guys are cracking me up." I'm like, "Oh god." <laughs> that was not intentional. I didn't mean to send it to you. Apologies. Okay, Chuck Hart wrote in. 
So Ed Mark, I just finished my outside <clears throat> deck in cedar, and I need to get some UV protection on it now. What do you recommend? I know I won't have to do it every year, but I want to protect the color before it gets sun bleached. Okay. Okay. It's in the can. It's in a can. I think it's penafin. Oh, I was like, oh, Pen penafin. Nice and close with me. Aww. No, I'm trying to figure out what finish <laughs> I bought. Dang it! I, I should have done this before the show. Uh, I believe it's penafin brand, and that is the stuff that I'm going to apply to mine. Um, but there's so many, I mean, you think finishing furniture is confusing? The number of options out there for finishing decks and things like that, and also the amount of misinformation and just confusing, uh, confusing recommendations is nuts. So um, just be careful with Banana. that. I have a Western Red Cedar um, pergola that we built last year. So what I want to caution you on is applying this finish too soon. I was going to do that, and then I did a little more research, and the, you know, the having this stuff acclimate and truly lose all of its moisture, a lot of that cedar can come in with tons of moisture in it. Uh, you really should let it have a season, um, at least a season to go before you apply a finish. My, so I don't know what the status of the stuff you started with, uh, but if it was anything like what I had, you're at a good point right now because you can actually give it all summer and wait until it starts to cool down as we enter into fall, and that might be a good a good time to apply the finish. Um, don't worry about it getting weathered. It's an outdoor species. It'll be fine, um, and it's not going to get that discolored in that time, but I think you need to let it sit out there before you apply finish because that's something that contributes to a finish failing if you put you know, some kind of an oil or finish on top of it, but it still has tons of moisture that it needs to lose. So I would definitely recommend not jumping the gun if you had moisture in the wood to begin with. So I'm actually at the point now, it had uh, not all summer, it was like the end of summer, right? When we put the pergola up. Think it was toward, like April or something like that. Well, you are way off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was like toward the end of summer. And then we had all of uh, fall, winter, the beginning of spring. Now's the time I'm gonna apply some finish. Okay. Okay. Ben Bodner says, working with cherry, is a pre-color conditioner like the Charles Neal product useful under a hard wax oil or like Osmo, uh, or is that a waste of time? I think it, I think it is a waste of time. I wouldn't use it under those because those finishes tend to want raw wood, uh, and anything you do as a pre-conditioner is going to make it not raw wood. So there may be issues with the finish. But if you aren't staining, generally speaking, I don't take those precautions. In the past. You know, maybe with cherry, I might hit it with a little bit of shellac and then hit it with a clear coat uh, just to prevent a little bit of blotching. Not a lot, but it kind of can help. But then eventually I just got to a point where I'm like, eh, it's fine. It doesn't matter. I, I remember there was an article uh, by Glenn Huey that says, um, I think it's cherry blotches, get over it. <laughs> so uh, especially with a clear coat, that sort of blotching that you see, it's not quite as noticeable mm. as when you stain it. Right? And then if you just look at that and say, well, that's cherry, and it kind of just tones down over time, uh, I have not pre-sealed or done any kind of blotch treatment on cherry furniture in years. Uh, I just hit it with um, you know, Rubio Osmo, and it's perfectly fine. So I would skip it in, in your situation, Ben. Okay, I got plenty more unless you want to I'll do. I'll do one. one yeah, yeah. Oscar, Oscar says, Mark, I found a silly little, little, little game that I'd like to make and sell locally for a few friends, except there's a patent. Obviously, you're not a lawyer, but is it something to worry about? Um, if you're just doing it for f a few friends. 
I mean, I've made things that are probably patented yeah. and gave them. I mean, if it's just the small scale, making a few things for a few people. I mean, if you go I on Etsy, you anything to worry if you about. go on Etsy, take a look at the, all the people using Disney or yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, there are people using you know like, trademark stuff, you know things that may have been patented and producing them. You are n- probably not high on that that list of uh, most. I mean, wanted. ethically, <laughs> it's a what's a patent versus a copyright. Let's not get into that. <laughs> it's all confusing. It is, but still, regardless, it's someone else's thing. Yeah. And if there's a patent, that means that it's a, I guess, a unique element within the game or the mm. game itself, the the way the parts function that was patentable. Uh, but again, I, I, you're not. It's fine. It's fine. You're just making a couple, and I'm not getting giving. Uh, I'm not. You're right. I'm not a lawyer, and this is not official lawyer advice, but. Uh, consult your lawyer is the answer that everyone would give <laughs> yeah. to this to be perfectly safe. But honestly, dude, it's fine. Just don't make a habit of don't, it and don't try don't to... Don't cite us. Yeah, and don't, don't, don't say well, we Mark told you... Mark said it was okay. okay. <laughs> Mark said it was fine. Yeah. Uh, Bill Ockert in the chat says, Have you tried inlay with your CNC? One of my favorite activities with it, and I have actually made a few bucks doing it. Um, Not yet. I'm still just making... Shapes. Shapes. Shapes and templates. <laughs> Charles Masters says, Mark, on the green and green blanket chest, you used brown and orange dye. Is there a pre-color Rubio Monaco that would work without uh, pre-dyeing the wood with the same results on African mahogany? Charles, go to thewoodwhisperer.com and look. Just uh, use the search and search for green and green. The most recent project we did that was green and green is a blanket chest. Not well, what, Did we call it an entry Table, wait, entry something? The heck did we call that thing? It's in Jay's house. Uh, Oh, yeah, 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 the entry bench. Entry bench, I think is what we called it. I used the Rubio product, um, their mahogany color, on that project, and you could see exactly what that finish looks like. Uh, It was more than adequate to get to the color that we would normally want for greeny green. It's actually pretty intensely colored, so take take a look at it, see if you like the way it looks. Uh, That is definitely something to consider. Okie doke. I got one here from... Jack Dolby! Yay! How do you sharpen a pocket knife blade with water stones? I don't have a uh, the scissor knife style sharpener that my parents had when I was growing up. The curvature of the blade is what's throwing me off. I liken it to uh, chisels and plain irons. Okay, here's the thing. I think you should buy a Kershaw because you could send a pack and mm-hmm. they'll sharpen it for free. <laughs> but uh, obviously it's nice to That's be able cool. to, to sharpen your own blades. Uh, I never really got the hang of freehand sharpening a, a knife on a whetstone. It's just something that doesn't come natural to me. Uh, even if I get it to go the right way in one direction, then you got to flip it over and go in the other direction. And that seems to, it's a lot of muscle memory. And I think if I did it every day, I'd probably get good at it. Uh, but I don't do it every day and I just, you know, sharpen as needed. So I don't actually do that method. Now, I've seen a couple different ways that you can make things a little bit easier. If you kind of, you're sitting down, right? Put the, the knife on your, your knee, you want to immobilize it totally. And then, instead of a whetstone, go for something like this. Nicole's going to have links to these things if you guys want to check them out. Oh, that's when I got to work. I yep, got to work now. You got to work. Stop fooling around. <laughs> um, stop looking up uh, Animal Crossing tips. <laughs> So these are easy lap diamond plates. You can get these in a couple different, you know, like fine, super fine, whatever. And sometimes I find it easier, especially when there's curvature to a blade like this, to take the stone to the blade. So if you have this in a nice fixed position, 
you can usually eyeball it and see what your angle is and then just kind of follow it through the curve. And if you take your time doing that, it's I actually... Like, uh, ooh, hurts my teeth. It's just as easy to do it when you flip it on this side, right? I find that, you know, it doesn't require as much consistent muscle memory to do it this way. It's when you're taking the, you know, a static stone to a curved blade that I find that to be the most difficult. So that's one solution. There's also another much lazier, uh, you know, foolproof solution, and that's to get one of the sharpeners like you were talking about. Uh, this little guy is a Smith's pocket knife sharpener deal. I mean, you could use this in the kitchen too. It's got a coarse and a fine, and it even has this little dude for serrated knives, right? A little sharpening cone there. What's it called? Oh, it's only, it's less than 10 bucks. Yeah, Smith's Pocket Pal Multifunction Sharpener, and it's less than 10 bucks. And if you're really not super picky about it, I think you probably, there are other ways to get an even more refined bevel on a, on a pocket knife. But if you want a quick and dirty, like this'll work every time. And this is as simple as just kind of dragging it through and keeping it nice and perpendicular straight up and down like that so that's that's the two methods i recommend over using a stone simply because i have not been able to get very good at it there's there's my lazy answer okay you all right over there doing a little dance okay tomasu says i know you personally apply finish a number of ways wiping spray etc do you have a go-to brush for brushing finish on looking for a brand recommendation I don't have a go-to outside of I go to whatever is available. So a lot of times that's just Home Depot. It's our closest Home, home Center. Depot. Home Depot. Home and I Depot. think it's the Purdy brand. You know how they typically, like everything in Home Depot, they have like good, better, best. And I think the Purdy brand is the one that's typically listed as best. So if I'm going to brush a finish on, that's usually what I go for. Uh, I'm sure people who brush finishes have way more refined tastes in brushes, but I don't, so... There's that. <laughs> I'm not very refined, Nicole. Pinky out. Tell you, it's all about finishing today. Chris Kalnassi uh, says, during the Rubo series, you mentioned a few times... Oh, wait. Never mind. I saw Rubo and thought it was Rubio. Ah. Uh, Rubo. Rubo. Workbench. Rubo. Uh, you mentioned a few times during the draw boring video that draw bores effectively give you a mechanical connection that will stay there way past the time when the glue fails. It makes me curious if you've ever had... Uh, glue in furniture fail before. Say hey to Millie for me. We know she's the heckin' best doggo. <laughs> I personally have not had a glue joint fail outside of something that was mistreated. You know, mistreated by being outside. Your cutting board, but that, bu that busted. Yeah, and it's that even, wasn't it wasn't really even right on a glue joint. Yeah. You, you know, and that one was just trouble. Yeah. Uh, so outside of that, we're talking like a mortise and tenon. Have I ever had a joint fail no, you know, but I mean, I've only been woodworking for 15 years, 20 years. I don't know. I mean, I, I say only because these glues are really, really that good that you may not see failures unless you're mistreating the furniture uh, for a real long time. 2003. 2003? Something like that, I guess. So 17 years. Yeah. So, uh, you know, my, my experience with a glue bonds breaking comes from when I worked in refinishing and how many chairs and tables I've had to repair where the glue let go. Uh, there was a job that I had one time for a restaurant that had a bunch of outdoor teak furniture and the mortise and tenon joints were completely like the glue wasn't even making contact anymore. It had completely let go. The only thing preventing these chairs from falling apart 
was a drawboard. Actually, I don't know if it was drawboard, but it was a pinned mortise and tenon joint. So that allowed this chair to not collapse when a customer was sitting on it, right? So I did have to wind up fixing these things, but it was a failed glue joint and a drawboard that held it together or a uh, pinned mortise and tenon joint held it together. So uh, especially if on chairs, things that are going to be outside, it's definitely a good belt and suspenders. You don't have to do it, but it's a good, you know, a good precautionary measure. So I have questions that are sometimes sent to me via email mm -hmm. and I forget about them because that's not how I collect questions. True. So I'm going to go through a few of them. This one is from Howard. Back in February 5th. Howard! When we could actually go out and do stuff. I remember those days. I remember those days too. Uh, hello, Mark. Uh, I'm setting up a new garage shop and I have the opportunity to vent my desk collection externally because mm -hmm. I have no neighbors. I know in Arizona, you vented outside and I have a have combed your videos and such for the details, but I can't find what I'm looking for. Two questions. Did you use a two-stage two process where you did chip separation prior to venting outside. What type of vent do you recommend? I live in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, where it gets very cold. Does it? Apparently it does. Okay. Uh, oh, he says that. He said that. I thought that. you were saying No, that. he said that. Okay. I, don't, I, don't, I don't live in Steamboat well, Springs. Well, it's a, it's a cyclone. So there is a, a two-stage separation. It, it kind of drops. Yeah, just based on the way that the cyclone works. So there's always a bucket underneath that's catching the heavy stuff. The air and lighter stuff winds up going out into the filter, or in your case, vented outside. Uh, really, all you need for a vent is like a dryer vent, and try to get the best one you can because you're pushing out a lot more air than those are intended for, and you may wind up, like if it's one that's louvered, you may wind up busting those flaps off at some point. Excuse me, but I actually, um, in Arizona, we had no problems with a, a big six-inch size uh, vent. Did, but we were also in Arizona where cold air wouldn't come in. Sure, but I but it was louvered, and that's yeah. that's the whole idea. You get something that's louvered, then you know you don't have as much uh, air infiltration. Gotcha, gotcha. So gotcha. yeah, and there's other types of vents out there. Just look for something that's easy to connect to whatever your output size is, so you don't have to really reduce down. If you have to reduce down, that could maybe cause problems because you're restricting how much air is leaving the system. And that's not really a great idea. So ideally, if you can, get something that is about the same it's size that's favorite. coming off. It's not my favorite. It's not my favorite. And uh, look, look around. You might find some heavy-duty vents that work a little bit better. Maybe some kind of like a, a dryer vent, you know, that, that usually the, you know, comes with the house with that little um, – it's like a little guard on it so that the, the air is coming downward as opposed to just pushing out into the environment. I'm, I'm slacking on my uh, super chats. Robert Price did a super chat. Thank you, Robert. Super duper chat. Can Nicole's mask be a guilt project? Could you imagine? It's not very good. Like, I'm 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 a okay sewer. I'm not yeah. a great sewer. You put that out there uh, on the internet, then you're going to hear about it. Yeah, yeah. Same reason why I won't do like yeah. general construction or electricity. If you, if you want the pattern that I'm <laughs> using, I'm happy to share it with you. In fact, if you go to my Instagram account, mm -hmm. Uh, Instagram.com slash Nicole Spag. It's in my bio. I've had so many people ask me. I'm like, it's just in the bio. <laughs> There's the link to the, and it's just some, it's a picture tutorial. It's super easy. Mm -hmm. uh, I love it. So. Tony Tang wrote in. says, when you use the Festool router for routing slots, how do you see the beginning and the end lines? that He's talking about the lines that you draw on the workpiece. I have, uh, let's see. I have to use a mountain climbing flashlight and have my eyes scarily close to the bit to see through the dust collection enclosure. Okay, so the Festool has this little clear 
dust collection adapter that completely surrounds the bit area and I think it stays clear for about five minutes and then once you use it for five minutes it's like that hazy white look where you can't really see through it that well um, so I do try to clean mine periodically get the dust off of there at least that helps but I have the same problem you do and a lot of times it just comes down to making the mark more noticeable so I'll draw it on there sometimes I might even use one of these little uh, sharpies with the uh, extra fine ultra fine point on it um, typically on a mortise like that your shoulder is going to hide things so you don't have to worry too much about a wayward ink mark right that'll either sand out or it'll be hidden by the shoulder um, so I just make sure that it's much more defined and if you're on walnut it gets a little bit hard you're gonna have to put white marks on there but typically I'll do a dry run and I'll just look at it and see because a lot of times you can actually see it it's just faint and it is an eye strain so I don't have any other tip outside of what you're already doing is make sure it's well lit but double check and see if you need it to be well lit if you're just kind of checking it while you're running you may not necessarily need the light you kind of just do a test run and see just as long as you're looking very carefully as soon as you see something that even faintly looks like a line that's how you know when to stop but I do wish it stayed clear because that would certainly make life easier uh William McKim did a super chat back Mar in March March 21st and he emailed me his question mm -hmm. and I just got around to it I'm sorry William okay. so here's here's your question Mark I know you've said you think torsion box design is overkill for the tabletop but I'm considering one anyway because my brain often prevents me from doing things logically and simply <laughs> that said I'm okay. wondering what you think the minimum thickness of the interior MDF strips I don't know I can already tell you I don't know we've gotten this question a number of times honeycomb could be blah 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 I watched your to torsion box video and you used three inch so I guess I'm wondering if in hindsight you felt like you could have gotten away with less the thinner you go with a torsion box I feel like the lighter the material inside it needs to be mm. so you can probably try to go for something like ultra light MDF and that is much much lighter than regular standard MDF and if you have that in your sandwich as your honeycomb structure you might be able to get away with going even thinner hmm. but I don't know I have no idea that, that's a, a sort of structural engineering yeah. question how much of a load can this thing take before it starts to sag no idea I'm not well, even and he's, he's to guess. considering some sort of fold away wall mounted drop down contraption to so saving weight and overall thickness would be beneficial yeah so ultralight MDF would be the key mm -hmm. and uh, I mean you're on the right track going thinner seems like a smart thing to do but those fold away things tend to put a lot of weight with hinges on one side of the torsion box and it's hanging from that uh, when it's not in use I don't know man I don't know at what point it's too thin or um, you know the thickness just isn't enough uh, at what point does it start to sag or give in these are questions that I honestly can't answer from Keeps an in informative perspective totally. yeah, these keep me up at night all the time <laughs> <laughs> thank you William sorry it took me so long to, to get that uh, the wood lab has a very important question okay Jim uh, have the kids started pranking you yet <laughs> I went to make my coffee today and opened the Keurig to find a medicine cup of uh, pudding <laughs> where the cake cups usually go <laughs> No, we, thankfully. But it, April first. April first was the Mateo where we got me. isolated our pranks. Yeah, it he was, got he got you with um, the mouse. Something on the bottom of her mouse. Yeah, I was trying. I was work. trying to work, and I'm like, "What's going on with my mouse?" And I flip over my mouse, and it says, "April Fools." He put a he taped a piece of paper over the toilet bowl. <laughs> yes, with like a happy face. Yeah, and then he his biggest one that he thought was hilarious 
was he went to the my Peloton yeah. and he rotated the <clears throat> excuse me the um, tension knob ah. all the way not to the hard side where easy. you're just like oh, no he all the way to the easy side. I was like. Buddy, you got to up your game a little bit, man. <laughs> he, had, he had fun. But though. that morning, he's yeah. like, Dad, did you ride your bike yet? Did you ride your bike yet? Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. Have I know, you gone I know to you the bathroom something. yet? Yeah, did you have to go to the bathroom yet? <laughs> I don't know. Why do you ask me, Tao? Suspicious. We though. should try to do that more, like, every Sunday. Prank, prank su- Sunday? Prank Sunday Yeah, that's going to eventually get really bad for us. Okay, Jeremy Long says, I'm sure this has been asked time and time again. I'm on a search for a better brand of hook and loop sandpaper. Uh, what's your brand of choice? Hope you're doing well. Well, I use Festool because I have a Festool sander. It's easy to match up the whole pattern, and they actually do have good sandpaper. Uh, Merca makes fantastic sandpaper as well. Um, what's the... I forget. Maverick Abrasives... They've got a nice line of sandpaper. They have sent me some stuff, but it wasn't the right hole pattern, so I haven't been able to kind of put it through its paces. Um, but you can find them online. They are—they seem like a hungry business. They're like aggressively mm-hmm. pursuing, um, you know, influencers, if I could say that word. Uh, so you may want to check those guys out. Um, forget who the other big brand is, but I, I know when I hear people talk about 3M. sandpaper, Merca comes up a lot. Ma- um, Maverick. Maverick Abrasives is the other one. Uh, You know, and then the Norton stuff is not too bad either. Um, Bugs. But honestly, I got, I was super lucky and I got a lot of sandpaper quite a while ago from Festool and I just don't use that much. It takes me a long time to go through it. So I'm still going through, you know, stuff that I've had for maybe six, seven years in the shop. So. Uh, I got a super chat here from TT. 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 Rockler has Irwin panel clamps on sale for 25% off. Any suggestions? My pair, oh, panel, (laughs) parallel clamp. (laughs) My parallel clamp collection consists of two Bessies. I don't Sure. The Irwins are fine. Yeah. Do you have the parallel Irwins? Do you have any of those? I only have um, jet um, parallel clamps. I've never (laughs) used them, but I have other Irwin clamps, and they're okay. I mean, are they going to be as good as a Bessie or a Jet, they will get the job done. I don't see that they would be problematic, but I don't know. I, I'd have to do a side-by-side to kind of see why, if it's less expensive, why is it less expensive? Jet tools. Isn't the big sale going on? I don't With know if that is 15% on off accessories. Yeah, click that. Let me see. It says uh, 15% off tools and accessories. Let's see. Let's go to Acme Tools. Well, you can, if they are on sale, Rockler would just have them cheaper. Yeah. Ugh. <clears throat> uh. Yes, I know. Cookies, cookies, cookies. Cookies everywhere. Cookies. Everybody got, the, everybody got the cookies. I was hoping I would see clamps. I don't see clamps. Klingspore. There you go. That's another brand. That's a bummer. Because that would be nice. 15% off clamps. Of. Mm. Sure. Yeah. Me. Yeah. That's something you kind of reserve for yeah. occasional holiday sales. Yeah. But uh, I can't imagine they're bad. There's probably yeah. people who have more experience Maybe with them. Maybe somebody in the chat room can... Give their opinion. But certainly would be worth looking into. Peter Dunphy. Yes. Isn't that the Dunphys from a family, the family show? Not Peter, but Dunphy. Uh, Griffin? No. <laughs> no. Uh, something family. We used to watch the show. It has Al Bundy as the, as one of the dads who marries the hot. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, Modern Family. <laughs> but one of the families is named Dunphy. The Dunphys. The Dunphys. I think so. Oh, yeah. Hi, Ava. Yeah. 
Okay, I'll get you some donuts. After We're almost I'm done. done. I'll be right in there. Okay. You Do we read have questions. You you read Peter's questions. I'll go get her a donut. Peter has one question, so this won't take very long. How old was Mateo when you built the Connect Four game? Is it still around? The Connect Four game. What was he? Maybe four. Yeah, I'd have to look at the years to know for sure, but just going by memory, I think it was like four years old. And no, I don't still have them. Actually, all of those projects that were built with that Honda promotion, as soon as we were done filming, they took them with them. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the, that, that weird transforming chair, the Connect Four game, forget what else we built. Um, all of those things, whoop, they went away. So yeah. I don't know where they wound up. Yeah. What? that they took the Connect Four game. Yeah, that was probably out of all of them the only one I would want to keep. Because the kids to, did the kids did like it. I would be playing some Connect Four with them outside. Get them yeah. outside. Get outside. All right. Do you have more questions? Nope, I'm done. I have some questions. Uh, Paul Bolton, Mark, is Turner's tape adhesive stronger than the other two-sided tapes? I had a light frame attached to the wall and it fell off for a while. Um, maybe. I think the problem with Turner's tape, double-sided tape, is a lot of times it's sort of a generic reference to the type of tape that it is, but there's lots of brands within that type of tape. So to say one is stronger than the other, I think it would depend on which brand we're talking about. And I don't know. Um, sometimes you order it and it comes as one brand. Sometimes it might they might change and suddenly it's a whole different thing. You can't get the backer off. Um, Double-stick tape has become this very, it's so much more confusing than it needs to be. So if it's, you know, if it's coming off the wall, then maybe you just have one of those that's not very good. Um, but yeah, sorry. <laughs> Scott, and they took your kid's game? Yeah, they did. They took everything. Oh. And I'm gar- I guarantee you that just wound up going somewhere and then eventually just being disposed of. Yeah. Or some, some, <clears throat> someone at the marketing agency probably went home with it. Yeah. Not knows? even the Honda people. Yeah. <laughs> Tom says, Mom, donuts! Mom! Hot pockets! Hot pockets! Cheesy poops! More hot pockets. <laughs> oh, I got a question here from Brian Thar- Thorpe. Tharp. Uh, Mark, if you were to do the green and green blanket chest again, would you finish it with Rubio only? Uh, would you pre-finish prior to assembly? Um, Rubio, yes. Uh, would I pre-finish prior to assembly? Only if I could make it easy. And I don't think it would be that easy. Because you got those uh, interlocking finger joints, so you got to be careful not to get finish on the the mating parts. I think it'd be much easier to finish afterwards. And you know, Rubio is an easy finish to apply. You know, so it, even though there's like little nooks and crannies and rails and things like that, all you have to do is wipe off all the excess. <clears throat> so there are finishes where that would be a pain in the butt to finish after the fact. But Rubio, just it's not that hard. Very easy to apply. <laughs> How dare real life interrupt the show? I know. Kids. Uh, Darn kids. kids. Uh, Alec McMahon. McMahon. Uh, Is it worth trying to send out a spiral flush trim bit for sharpening? Oh, there you can answer. Or is it a lost cause with price negative effects of possibly not cutting flush anymore? I don't know, man. I've never done it. I have never done it. I find that the amount of life that I get out of a, uh, you know, standard spiral configuration router bit is adequate 
right? So that when it's done, I go, I'm just going to buy a new one. Uh, I think you have to be careful with the sharpening process. Um, I guess on a flush trim, the diameter doesn't matter, right? So if it, if it gets smaller, it's not like if it were just a, a straight a straight cutting bit for dados or something where you don't want it to get any smaller. Um, but yeah, I mean, I imagine it could be sharpened. I've just never looked into it and I would just buy a new one. Um, I would love to hear from the chat room if anybody has had luck having them sharpened or sharpening them yourself. Because mm-hmm. that might mean it's a good cost-effective way to go uh, if you can make it sharper. <laughs> Sometimes with these things, you try to do it yourself, you actually make it worse. So I went to Acme Tools just to look and the clamps are on sale. Are they? Yeah. They were normally 60 now they're 50 Well, they're on sale on their website. Yeah. That doesn't always mean that that's a sale price. Right. It's like when you go to Amazon uh, and you see something yeah. and you go, it looks like a big sale. And then you go to Rockler and yeah, it's the same price there. Same price there. Yeah. But, uh, so, so research. It might be on it sale. Might be. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. I got a question. School oh. sucks or shul sucks. <laughs> what? Is the name. I have Irwin parallel clamps and I like them. They are no jet though. So I guess it just overall, there's a build quality difference between mm-hmm. them. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, let's see here. Do I have anything else? There might have been a few come on Patreon. Do you see any more questions? Oh, yo, good point. Good point. This was... Um, uh, it's Kojak Silverback. I was saying the diameter doesn't like... matter, but he was absolutely right. The flushness could be affected with the, with the sharpening. If you do make the bit itself a little bit smaller, it's no longer flush with the bearing. And in minute amounts, I guess it could add up over time. So good thinking. Let's see here. Yeah, I don't think I have any more. Did we run out of questions? Did you, pull Jer- any did you do ones? Jeremy? Yep. Yep, you did Jeremy. Wow, look at us. I know, we're caught up. What? Well, it's a 45-minute show. Let me ideally. just make sure no one email- sent me a mm-hmm. question. Uh, let's see here. I got one from Tom. He says, oh, what's yeah. the best source of four-quarter and eight-quarter oak and walnut for the nesting tables project? The best source is the one that's closest to you. <laughs> so call around. Um, if you can't find anything locally, call the guys at Bell Forest. I don't think we have a kit yet for mm-hmm. that project. What is it? This one. No, we don't. A wood kit at Bell no. Forest. We just got the Fremont nightstand kit in. Yeah. So in about six months, call Bell Forest. <laughs> uh, but no, you can actually get the material. You don't have to order a project kit. You can just order what you need based on board foot counts um, from a, a mail order companies like Bell Forest, Uterspaw Lumber, stuff like that. Um, but find a local source. It's always better to buy it locally if you can. Uh, I just wanted to send a quick thank you to Landon who sent me a message, a really nice message. And thank you, Landon. It was really, really nice. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll read it to Mark. He'll, he'll get it. Okay. <laughs> uh, I do have a question here from Adrian. I've got a bunch of uh, three-quarter inch solid and laminate three-inch strips oak from our old cabinets that I would like to make something out of. I have a lot of doors in all sizes up to four foot long. What would you recommend? I, <laughs> I don't know. What tool should I buy? What what should I build? These yeah. are questions that I... Only I, you can answer. I, I have trouble answering um, because I don't know. What do you want to make? What do you want to build? Think of... Um, here's my advice. Think about what skills you want to learn. Don't Don't so much worry about what you can build unless there's someone in your life telling you they want something. There's a good thing to do. Uh, But if you can't come up with anything, think about skills you want to practice and learn. Um, And sometimes you could say, okay, well, if I want to learn dovetails, well, then maybe I should do something that has a drawer. And then you can kind of go from there and develop something that you Mm -hmm. can build. But ultimately, the first thing you want to do is go, what do I need? What do I want? And start there. 
Uh, Nathan had asked, he messaged me, mm -hmm. if, you, if you're a Patreon supporter, make sure you put your questions on the post that I put up that says, ask your questions here. Mm -hmm. It's not always a guarantee that I'm going to dive back into the, these uh, private messages. He wanted to know what your recommendation for a bandsaw blade is in the shop. Uh, if you could only have four, which would you prefer? I don't know, but I think I answered this uh, question. Okay, you did. In okay. email. All right. Well, what's your favorite bandsaw blade? If I had to have four bandsaw blades, four? I would sell two of them <laughs> so that I only have two bandsaw blades. <laughs> and a lot of times, I don't know, three, three teeth per inch, maybe a hook configuration, four teeth per inch oh, uh, possibly. And I would have one that was wide that I used for resawing and one that was very narrow, quarter inch or less in width, that I could do curve cutting with. It, was, it would just uh, be two bandsaw blades. So Wolverine? No. Way back no. in the day, I used to is use there, is Wolverine. There, is there Wolverine? Yeah. Wow, yeah. I remember that. I use that a lot. The wood slicer is a good one. Um, and now I've actually got a Lennox blade over there, carbide tipped. Uh, I'm just waiting for the, the one that's on the bandsaw to get a little more dull before mm -hmm. I swap it out. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I'm all impressed with myself remembering Wolverine. Um, and uh, the follow-up to that question from Tom, excuse me, he says, best source is probably your best source because I live about five miles from you. What might that be? How does he know that? I don't know. How does he know he lives five miles from me? It's a little <laughs> weird. Tom, what are you up to, man? <laughs> Should I be nervous? No. Austin Hardwoods. That is uh, one of our best. There are, I think, like, there's another place here uh, in the area, too. I've gone there once. Um, Pat, 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 Paxton? Paxton Lumber, I think? Paxton. Mm -hmm. uh, but Austin is the place that I usually go to. Okay, one more, and then we're done. <laughs> uh, Chris Kalnazzi says, Nicole gave me the best response to this before. Everything in the guild is doable with limited experience if you follow instructions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just follow a project to challenge yourself. Yep. I did that? I said that? I don't know. We say it <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's just a series of steps. Okay, last question here is from Tom. Tommaso! Tommaso, he says, Mark, are you still using both bandsaws or do you find yourself using one most of the time? No, I use both, man. There are just times when I need a nice, you know, tight curve and a wide blade isn't going to cut it. Uh, pun intended. <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I would love, I would love to get rid of one of my bandsaws because in this shop I have a floor space issue. And if really? I could just. I thought you liked that one. I do. Oh, yeah. Hence the reason why it's still here. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying, if I could functionally get to a point where I don't mind getting rid of the smaller bandsaw, I would totally get rid of it. Um, but I can't because I keep going back to it for a lot of things. So, yeah. Unfortunately, sometimes, I mean, if you've got the space, it's a great thing to have. Um, but, yeah, I do, I do use both of them. All right. We're good? There's one more question uh, up above. Um. Up above, there's Tommaso's question. I'll just re read it. Fred it's wants to know what our favorite donuts are. Uh, Boston cream. Uh, I like a Lamar's cinnamon arm. Oh, cinnamon. Because <laughs> it's as, literally as big as my arm. Cinnamon horse leg. <laughs> she likes the gnaw on a, like a, a nice yummy it's horse like a leg. It's, it's a glazed donut, but it has like a little cinnamon twist in it. Mm -hmm. It's very yummy. Yeah, I don't like Boston cream. Oh, how, what, get get out of here! I don't. Do I even? Know I don't like you anything. Anymore? I don't like a jelly donut. I don't like anything filled. Yeah, Boston cream. I will say, I at. grew up in a town that had a local bakery, and they had this thing called a cream horn. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so good! It was like a pastry. It was like a horn with like schmutz in it. It wasn't like Bavarian cream. It was like a whipped cream. Yeah. So that was really good. It's really mm -hmm. hard to find those. Those are usually seasonal. Sure. Uh, a, a 
Poe says, um, why did you come come back using the Capex? Do I have to answer that again? Uh, just because he wanted to. It was you know Better what, Dust Collection. You know what we I'll have answer to do? it for you. We got to always reference what's his name's um, spreadsheet. Spreadsheet, yeah, yeah. Uh, why am I spacing on his name? Um, Josh. Josh, yes. Sorry, so, Josh. He made, Josh Doolittle made an amazing spreadsheet. There's only spreadsheet. so much in our, our brains and sometimes it... It's at its max. <laughs> he made an amazing spreadsheet. Someone probably has a link to it. Yeah, I uh, have it in the in the guild. And you could search for a lot of things from past shows. I can't believe how much effort he mm-hmm. put into this as an index to find topics we've talked about before. Quick answer to that. Better dust collection and easier cutting for Jay working here. Um, I, I got tired of seeing him flip boards when he was doing all the rough cutting and decided to go back to something that was a tried-and-true model that I knew we would like. Anthony. <laughs> Boston Cream, Mark, is definitely from New Jersey. <laughs> Anthony just said, uh, I remember you saying none of the Duluth shirts fit you. I had the same trouble with their trim, and but their trim and slim fits actually fit quite well. Flannels are on sale for $17 mm. right now. Yeah, I said, it depends on the shirt. I know they have different types mm-hmm. of fits within the shirts, yeah. but you can't always get every shirt in all in the different types fit. of fits. Yeah. So I just figured it wasn't worth uh, even bothering anymore. I cannot get a good fit. Uh, last question I'm going to uh, answer I do here. all the shopping anyway. Tommy says, uh, you still got the mini split? How's it working out? Great. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah. And in fact, I meant to ask you. Yeah. I would like to do a year-by-year comparison. I want to see the, the winter span, 2019-2020, mm-hmm. like four months, sure. and compare that to the year before. Sure. And then I, I'll report back to you guys uh, because this year with Jason here, We've been running the heater just to keep the shop comfortable. Mm-hmm. We've been running that thing almost 24 hours, uh, unless the temperature spikes up, then I turn it off. And I haven't really used the electric, but maybe on days like Friday Live, where we wanted to heat the place up real quick, I use them for supplemental heat. But outside of that, it's just been the mini split, and the shop has been really comfortable. So I'm curious to see, price-wise, mm-hmm. if that was I've more really efficient. Noticed- uh, an increase. I think it's probably more efficient. And what happens with the sense. heaters, I hated running the heaters. So I would only run them minimally when I was in here just to kind of bring the temperature up a little bit. The garbage uh, people don't know we're doing a show. Hey! Hey! We're trying to work over here! <laughs> Us too! <laughs> You're not the only people working here! All right. Yeah, they're noisy oh, out there. All right. That's why we got like six cans. That's why. Yeah. We have too much garbage, Nicole. No, it was five. Okay, we're good? I think we're good. I see a lot more questions. I wish I could stay to answer them all. But I've got some woodworking to do, folks. Yeah, he wants to start early because he's like, i got some woodworking to do. I was up at 5. Yeah. Really? Millie asked for permission Uh, to get up into the bed. And I was like, come on. Because you know how she tries and you just hear her fall (laughs) in the middle of the night? Yeah. A little scrape and a fall. I was like, Millie, come on. And then she got into a spot that was just not comfortable at all Mm -hmm. for me. So I was like, 5 a.m. This is actually love getting up early. Getting stuff done before anybody's up. Uh, should I pick a pick a winner? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, let's do number thirteen, and that's easy. Let's do uh, 13, 12, 11. Chris Kalnasi. Chris Kalnasi, my good buddy. Yes, my good Hungarian buddy. You want a project? Email me. Good job, Chris. Email me the project you want, and I'll, uh, I'll hook, you we'll hook you up. Hook you up, baby. All right. So I think that. Does it for us. Uh, we will have another show on Friday. We will. As per the schedule. Yep. And, um, yeah, I guess that's about it. And uh, stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, all that stuff. You already know it. This is like rinse and repeat. We say, like, stay healthy. Yeah. 
Is there anyone actually like intentionally going, you know, I would have tried to stay unhealthy, but because Nicole just told me to stay healthy, <laughs> I'm going to change my ways. Hey, may, maybe eat an orange. Like even people who are deliberately not taking precautions around this thing, yeah. it's not like they're going out there going, I'd like to get unhealthy right now. <laughs> no, you like you can eat healthy. Yeah. Like fruits and veggies. I know. I just think it's it's a, it's an odd is it a platitude? Yeah, I guess. It's an odd thing that we say, stay like, healthy. stay safe, stay, stay healthy. Safe, it's like, well, who's going out there going, bring it on? No, so I did I did make Thanksgiving dinner yesterday. Give me all the virus. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, well, um, have a great weekend. You know, it's like as, as, as if people are going to go out and have a bad weekend I on know. purpose. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell me what to do. I'm going to stop. Don't tell me what I'm to do. I'm going to stop because it's not funny. Bye. Anymore. Bye, everybody. Where's the damn stop button? <laughs>